Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers. When all you do are burgers, they have to be the best, and they are at CJ's. Tell them Ty and Tommy sent you. All right, here's what Coach had to say about KJ Jefferson's injury. Really in the clavicle area, there's nothing. It's bruised. It's hard for him to, to throw the ball without some type of pain, and he's much better than what he was last week. So hopefully we'll get a good week of practice out of him and, and go from there. He got hit a little bit last week. There was one run he had where I felt like one defensive back hit his right shoulder and the other defensive back hit his left shoulder. So that's an area that is pretty exposed for the most part as a quarterback. And as KJ is a running quarterback, he's going to get some hits. So, I mean, are you going to see him slide more? In the next no. three me- weeks, or is I mean, he just I mean, going to be... How much sliding you ever seen I him do ever? Of, exactly. I, I was going to say, Tommy, I can't think of a single time... <laughs> Outside, there was a game in, in... Man, when that train gets to moving, there ain't no sliding yeah. on that train. But is I mean, that he, change... He's a, he's a locomotion going It's kind of like Jalen Cowan. We you were asking if we needed, if he needed to change his style of play. Is KJ for the betterment well, of himself? Listen, if you'll remember, go back before the season. I don't remember the exact way Pittman put it, so I'll paraphrase a bit, but he talked about KJ when running. Should he go out of bounds more? Should he play more tentative to avoid injury? And he... He basically said at that point, you can't reprogram KJ. He's going to do what he, he does. But, yes, I'd like to see him get down and get out of the way a little bit more. I mean, he he, he didn't talk out both sides of his mouth. He, he understood it, but he understood there was no changing KJ either. I just I don't think you're going to, to get a guy that's 240-some-odd pounds to start sliding. I don't even know what that looked like. That might look like a real mess, him trying to slide. So, um, you know, you think about the clavicle and up around that shoulder. There's, I mean, you got your shoulder pads for protection. You see quarterbacks wear the, the rib protection down low. I mean, they got a pretty good set of extra padding there, but there's only so much you can do. I thought what was interesting from the comments yesterday was uh, he already basically described or, or did describe KJ is already more improved with his health. Maybe that's a, a reference to last Monday versus this Monday, but, um, you know, that that's what caught me because he certainly didn't look like himself on Saturday. So if he's not himself the rest of the way, 
And he looks that's like he possible. did on Saturday, and that's possible. And I listen, Chuck said it best yesterday. A lot of KJ's games, they hadn't played good. It's the offensive line hasn't initially helped him out either. If he is not what we've expected and come to know from KJ Jefferson the rest of the way, are we going to see them at some point feature Malik? That's that's one of our questions okay, what, that we have. You say this feature. What, when you, and I hear the word feature, I mean, you're not saying start. You're not saying take over the offense. You're saying packages. Is that what you're saying? If, even even not packages. Or is he just going to play? Is KJ going to at some point just be yanked and pulled? And well, we're going to see Malik again, Hornsby again. I'll go back to what we discussed yesterday. Is a 70 or 80% or what, whatever he is. I don't think he's 50%. I think he's better than that based on just what we saw Saturday. Is KJ not at 100% better than anyone else at 100%? I mean, here's the thing that we do know coming out of Saturday. Who took basically all the snaps in practice last week? According to Jaden Hazelwood, it was Malik Hornsby. So the coaches had all week long to watch what Malik could do, watched every snap, watched the film of those snaps, and still made what decision? To go with K.J. Jefferson. <laughs> so what does that but, tell you? What does that tell you? They watched him all week long and still didn't have a comfort level to put him in. I just... What does that tell... No, no, no. What does that tell you about Malik? They, they don't me. trust him. But if we're playing devil's advocate, because They're, what you just said is 100% valid. They watched him all week long and didn't want to play him. He's never going to be a good practice player when he steps on... As long as he is on campus... where you win the jobs, man. You got to earn your way onto the field. You earn your way on the field by practice performance. Um, we we work with a guy that wasn't described as a great pa- practice player, but when it was game time, Matt was a. I bet he, I bet all of his practices weren't subpar either. I bet when they, when he needed to turn it on and you know, but he listen when you're he wasn't the backup either. You know, no, there was talk he should be this, he should be that, but you know, Houston not believed in him. When you're trying to earn the job. You can't be a, a gamer. When you're trying to get on the field, you got to go put it on in practice to earn your coach's confidence. All I'm saying is the facts we know, based on Hazelwood's comment, is Hornsby took the snaps in practice. Kendall Bryles got to evaluate that. And the only conclusion I can draw is based on what he saw, we'll go with a guy that's not 100%. Randall messaging in on YouTube saying, if KJ had kept the ball in the wide open lanes against Liberty that they would have done a lot better, that KJ is not better at 70% than 100% Malik Hornsby. So, we again, you you said it. We don't know the percentage of health that KJ is at right now, but you're still of the belief that a, what, 70 80% KJ is still superior than Malik Hornsby? Again, Malik Hornsby, from all accounts, got every snap in practice and didn't perform at a level that the coaches said this is the way, this is the path to victory. Or when things weren't right, I could say, "Hey, Kate, you know, Malik had a good week of practice. If you're, you know, crawl inside Kendall Brown's head. Let's just presume he would have the thought that, you know, Hornsby had a great week. If something goes wrong, we could put him in. That that still wasn't the case because anyone, and, and certainly Kendall Brown's eyes are much more trained and much more intelligent about the situation than any of ours. Even what he was seeing with 
K.J. Jefferson, knowing things were not at 100%, still did not want to pull the trigger on Hornsby. So that tells me that the week of practice did not live up to anywhere close to expectations. What would cause him to change his mind and go against what he's seen in practice for K.J. to be taken out of the football game? Because if KJ's, they if KJ plays like he did against Liberty, and again this is not all on KJ, and I, I I'm not trying to pick on him because he's gunning it out. We know he's not fully healthy right now. I just want to be abundantly clear about that. But if he plays like he did against the Flames, Arkansas is going to get obliterated on Saturday. So so that being said, what would the linchpin be to pull KJ out, and what would be the the, the breaking further, point. further injury further That's injury the, where he physically couldn't go because with the way the offensive line played on Saturday would it, did it really matter if what would Hornsby have been able to do differently maybe get the ball out a little quicker but he we know he's not a great passer his game is to to run it he's a faster runner I don't know that he's a better runner I wouldn't say that necessarily in fact I would say he's not he just got got a little more speed um I mean, I, I think there's things Hornsby can do. We we saw that in Starkville. I think I think he is capable when, but it's clearly there hasn't been a carryover from the Mississippi State game to to, to now, to where they trust to put him in to run the offense. And I I question just based on trying to put the tea leaves together here, does the team believe in him enough? Because clearly KJ's the leader on the team, so you also got to come back to they believe in it. And again, I'm going to take a bridge too far here. I'm going to I'm going to take a big leap and a big assumption. Was the fact that Malik took the snaps all week long in practice, and maybe the known starter was uncertain even going into Saturday morning, part of the reason the offense looked subpar. And I'm being nice with that term, subpar. Is that part of it that the the line was like, my God, we don't have KJ coming into this game. What are we going to, you know that. That was part of the reason everything seemed off because they went in. I mean, when you go in with no belief, no confidence, everyone's performance suffers. Did that line wake up? And, and I'm not hammering Malik here, but when your leader is gone, when the alpha of the team is not there, everyone else's performance often suffers. Did they wake up, they being the entire offense and the offensive line, wake up Saturday morning believing Malik Hornsby was possibly going to be their leader on the field that day and their body language didn't look up to par? Now, why couldn't you flip the switch? That may not, again, I'm going a bridge too far and making a huge assumption in that statement. But something was clearly off. Something was clearly not right with the way they played. The body language looked bad. They looked two steps too slow. A lot of things was wrong. I don't know, but, I mean, clearly, I go back to where we started. Everybody watched Malik all week long from everything we know, and still the decision was made not to put him in. Drew and Fayetteville texted and says he doesn't believe what they see in practice anymore. After seeing Quincy McAdoo on Saturday, he doesn't have much trust with the staff, with player well, evaluation. That, hang on a minute. Quincy McAdoo, you're basing it on that? You don't think there's been development and bringing him along throughout the way? You think he's been the same player he was Saturday all along since August? Come on. That's man. Not that, highly that, doubtful. That's, yeah, come on. Let's, 
let's give somebody some credit along the way, you know, for, for developing him to be ready to play like he did. Gerald says it didn't matter who played quarterback this past Saturday. The offensive line was trash. Now, right. I, I will say, if you watch that first half, there were times where KJ's, it looked like the read was to pull it. He didn't. Again, he's he's playing hampered. He's playing hurt. And as a guy that's doing that, you're sometimes you opt to hand the ball off more than that. I would think that Malik might pull it a little more. I don't know. Again, we didn't see it. We didn't see a change. And I don't know what that would look like. Now, John says he thinks Malik is checked out and he is gone at this season's end. He doesn't think practice means anything to him at this point in time. If you're Malik, let's, let's look at Malik's vantage point for a sec. If you practice all week and KJ's not fully healthy and you still didn't play this past Saturday, not even one play, what's going your, through your head? This past week, are you, you trying to prove even more that you deserve to play? Or are you just ticked off? Or are you letting go of the rope? And I, I don't know him personally. Haven't even had a conversation with him to be honest. So I don't know kind of what's going through his head. But I am curious what is. Man, it's frustrating when when you feel like you're in a situation, and I've done all I can do, and I know everybody will give a hundred percent, and and everything will work out. Well, you know, sometimes it doesn't. You know, and I don't know whether, you know, was he given 110% in practice? You know, why aren't, why, what are the reasons he can't seem to earn the trust of Kendall Bryles and his coaching staff? I don't know. But my attitude would be frustration when I, in my mind, I've done all I can do and it's still not enough. Isn't that, isn't that frustrating in life when, you know, no matter the situation, you feel like you've, you've done everything you can to earn a job, earn a client, um, you know, earn a promotion, earn whatever, and it still doesn't happen because somebody else gets that opportunity. I, I can't imagine it be any less frustrating than what we feel in real day life than than what it's probably more frustrating for him. So are Arkansas fans going to be understanding if he transfers after this year, if that's the optics that have happened this season where they feel like that he's given his all to try and win that job if even in a backup role where he could have been inserted – and he still was not able to play based on coach's decision, do you think there'll be more understanding of why he would leave I, the program based on what you just said? I'm still, well, first of all, I expect KJ to be back another year, so if your goal is to play and play right away, I don't know that there's an opportunity next year other than the situations we're trying to you know, unpack here with, with injury and not being 100%. I mean, you're not expecting... KJ to, to enter his name no. into the draft. So, I mean, I'm not either. So, I think that's pretty obvious that if, you know, if he, him leaving, I think it's probably more likely than less likely just based on the availability of playing time. But let's just advance another year. And everybody's got another year of eligibility burned up. You still think he's the leader of this team and leader of this program at quarterback? Talking about Malik or yeah, KJ? Malik. I don't know what this... Malachi Singleton is going to be as a quarterback, as the, the kid out of Georgia, the one quarterback that you have in this upcoming class. I'm assuming Bryles will pluck someone out of the portal at some point. I don't know if that's this offseason or if it's another offseason. I think that's a long way away from determining like my 100% feeling on that. There is clearly a faction of this fan base that is enamored and in love with Malik Hornsby. And I always just want to ask the question, why? What, what have you seen 
What's the backup quarterback syndrome? They do that. Well, I know, years. and I understand he's got speed, and he's shown a player two or there. But I just don't understand what people believe in the total package is better than than what KJ's a proven winner. I know last week didn't go well; it was a stinker, is a clunker. But the body of work for KJ is 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 pretty good, and I think this coaching staff. Has done it. I mean, let's just face it. I know it's, it's completion percentage is what it is, but there's still. Would you say it's still fair? There's issues that need to be developed within his passing game. I think yeah, that's a no nice question. way of putting it. I think Kendall Bryles has done a great job of developing some of those weaknesses over time, but then masking those with the play calling, putting him in spots to be successful. You know, there's just part of the playbook or part part of the offense you'd like to have, and particularly in the intermediate passing game. Ty, he's just not – he can't pull it off. And so Kendall Bryles works around that. Yeah, you have to kind of play to his strengths, and KJ has some strengths and he has some weaknesses, and I think that Kendall's done a pretty good job for all the crap that he seems to get from Razorback fans in certain situations. And he some of that's on him. But, yes, I would agree with you on that statement. Hey, we're in crossover season right now, meaning we got basketball games. We just finished up the World Series, but we got basketball and we got a lot of football. And the next four or five weeks are going to be busy with college football as well as we uh, get into early December. That means you need a great way to watch TV, and that's with Dish from World of Wireless. Now, a lot of you out there listening, you're making your plans. You're already figuring out how to get off. You've taken off Friday. You'd like to take off half a day Thursday because you want to get to the Deer Woods and get set up. Games at 11 a.m., Maybe you get out there and you, you want to watch the games throughout the weekend. Hey, that can be done with the playmaker from World of Wireless. Take the dish I was just talking about, the dish system, and uh, you plug it into this playmaker. It's about an eight-pound cube. You just set it out, clear line of sight. Like, <laughs> well, you're not going to put it in your food plot, but that, that's the kind of area you need. You know, not underneath trees, out in the open. It'll find the satellites. You don't have to line it up. You don't have to do anything other than plug it in. All you need is power, no internet required, none of that. And uh, you can you can keep up with all the games, watch all the games you want to watch at camp this year. So if you don't have a playmaker, it's great for deer camp. It's great for taking to the lake. It's great for a second home where you can dump that cable bill or whatever you got there, that streaming bill. Uh, it's a great way to take TV anywhere you go. 877-305-DISH is the number you can call while now. They've been your local dish dealer for over 26 years. It's 877-305-DISH for World of Wireless. So we got the college football playoff rankings that will come out again tonight. Where do the LSU Tigers, after defeating Alabama at home, they were 10 last week, LSU, excuse me, Alabama was 6. Where does LSU end up? How far do they move up the rankings in the eyes of the college football playoff committee with still two losses? Five or six, I think. I expect Georgia to be number one. Okay. Ohio State, two. Michigan three and Tennessee four. Tennessee over TCU? Yeah, I think so. Okay. They still have a, a quality win over LSU. They still have the win over Alabama. Question is to me, how far do you drop Alabama tonight? They stay inside the top ten. Their only two losses are on the road at Tennessee, a three-point loss, and then a one-point loss to LSU, which is the toughest venue to play in all of college football. I think Clemson probably drops 210 or maybe outside of the top 10. That That's going to be interesting. I think LSU probably sees the biggest bump. Then Ole Miss, who didn't play, they probably move up. But they got a huge game, mm-hmm. obviously, this weekend as well. 
Alabama could probably climb back in the top seven or eight. I mean, Alabama's still playing for a New Year's Day six. I, I, I really don't see a situation where they're not in a New Year's Day six, but they're clearly out of the playoff at this point. And I was trying to think of scenarios and ways they could get back in. It's really difficult well, to I foresee mean, that. I tell you where, what would have to happen, and that would be Arkansas beat LSU. The only mm-hmm. way for Alabama to get back in is to win the SEC championship. Now, how do they do that? Well, they need LSU to lose. they got to beat Ole Miss, and Arkansas needs to beat LSU, and then LSU needs to lose to A&M, too, to get them to the SEC title game where they could beat Georgia. That's how they get back in. But that, I mean, you talk about a skinny path. That, that That's the, I think an SEC, even a two-loss Alabama as an SEC champion gets in, and probably deservedly so, but... I mean, think of all those stars that have to align for that to happen. I, I don't see it. How much Ohio State and Michigan have you watched this year? Minimal. Minimal. Same. And then we saw Georgia just unleash on Michigan last year. And the Buckeyes have that offense that a lot of people have been paying attention to. I I mean, that, that game in Columbus at the end of the year is huge for college football playoff implications. I want to see if TC, TCU goes to Texas this week. I think they're going to lose that game. Gary Patterson playing his former team. I know he's an analyst in Austin. I think Texas is going to potentially eliminate TCU from the college football playoff this week. That would not be out of – that's not crazy talk. Mm-hmm. So I just don't see – you know, Oregon, I guess, is still the one team kind of carrying the flag for the Pac-12. TCU's carried it for the Big 12. I don't really see it. And it you know, we're talking about top 10 kind of in that playoff race. Oregon's got to be somewhere in that, you know, 7 8, 6 7 8. I don't think they're six, but probably 7 8, maybe nine conversation. Georgia's going to have to beat. Last week, I think. I think Georgia's going to have to beat Tennessee again. They'll play them in the college football playoff, either in the okay. championship or the semifinal. They will have to beat them well, again, and this time on a neutral side. And is it crazy to think LSU, though, might have it figured out, got their act together, could run the. The table and win the SEC title? Georgia's just... Georgia's just so good defensively. I mean, Jay Daniels looked pretty good in that game against Alabama at times. But that Georgia defense was getting bored this season. And then they just needed a challenge. And the best offense in college football, that is the Tennessee Volunteers, looks shell-shocked in that game in Athens. They got blown off the line of scrimmage all game long. Which is what um, I was thinking was going to happen, but LSU's got real grown men up yeah, front. Yeah, they got, they're starting. <laughs> What's crazy, and, and Pittman was talking about this yesterday, they have a starting right and left tackle that are both true freshmen. How many times do you see that on an SEC football team? Underclassmen, True freshman starting right and left tackle. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need, 
at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash westwood1. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash westwood1 now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash westwood1. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB. MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. No, a lot of you are curious. Say, what's the deal with Nick Smith Jr.? Coach got asked about that last night. No, you know, we'll get ready for the next game, and that's all we can do is is continue to try to get better. Obviously, roles were really shuffled in a short amount of time, and, you know, we changed starting lineup even today. All week we've gone with a completely different starting lineup. Two new guys basically in the starting lineup. That shoot-around. I don't like spreading mass hysteria, but when... You don't know someone's status or future status because there's no timetable on Nick's return. Mm -hmm. That worries me. When I don't know something solid and resolute about an injury, that concerns me. And again, I don't know if it's going to be a week, a month, what the timetable is. But again, that's what keeps me up at night when I don't know about something like this. Does he play in Maui? That, that, that to me, is the so. number one question. Ooh. So you don't think he's going to play the next two games? Fordham, and then who's the third one? I can't remember. You know, they play Fordham Friday, but then they go to Maui. If he doesn't play in Maui, could be, oh, it's not O2 and barbecue, but to borrow the, the basketball phrase or the baseball phrase, it could be O2 and barbecue. It could be really disappointing because you're playing Louisville 
They've had some struggles. Creighton's waiting on you on the other side of that. They're like number nine in the country. I mean, there's some really, really good basketball out there. So they brought back their best player. I can't ooh, think you, of kids. You need name. you need Nick Smith healthy. So I, you know, he doesn't play these first couple of games. So be it. But well, I want to see him play in Maui. That's got to be what this is all about: is getting that knee ready to play in Maui. You do win seventy six to fifty eight last night. Also got scared when Anthony Black kind of limped off and was helped to the locker room. Now he ended up coming back in, which again was a good thing. You're thirty and zero. And Bud Walton home openers, thirty and oh, this is again the hundred. <laughs> How many? He had to schedule very many hard teams now, in those thirty. Now this is that's the, good uh, scheduling, is what that is. This is the uh, the hundredth season of Razorback basketball. But yeah, I was encouraging that. Now, here I want you to do this before we move on to what Coach said about Miles Lester and Anthony Brown. Yeah. When you go to a basketball game with Dylan yeah. and the Simba cam pops on, I want you to grab your son and try and lift him up in the air and see how, <laughs> how ticked off he gets at you and how embarrassed he would be by that. I, he, I better start doing some push-ups if I'm going to He's 12 now, moving closer to 13. I don't know that uh, I, can, I can, can Simba him up there, so to speak. I can see Dylan just... That'd be a workout right there. Yeah, I can see Dylan just looking at you like... Dad, what are you doing? And then just start freaking out when he sees what's going on. That you're well, trying to lift him up for the. Simba I'm supposed camp. to. We're, we're supposed to go together to the LSU game this weekend. Hopefully, Dad doesn't have a lot of questions to answer. Uh, a lot of tears to dry away this weekend. Hope, hopefully, that that outing will go fine. Okay. So. Uh, you do have an announcement. Game time. Last game of the season. Night game. Oh. SEC night game. I was ecstatic I when I were. saw that. Either 6 on ESPN or 6.30 on the SEC network. We can all freeze hallelujah. our butts off together. Hallelujah, man. Yeah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, the yeah. other... other doing, since you're so damn excited about it, you're doing the post-game show. No, Derek and Oh, Zachary, no, no, sir. No, sir. You wanted this. You're doing the post-game show. Derek and Zachary no, sir. volunteered. Um, I believe I've got the white hat on here. You're doing the post-game show. I'm just trying to give in to what they want to do, man. Well, they they want Wanted, well, they volunteered no, already. Hey, all of us old guys want to want to have these earlier games so we can be in bed by normal time at nine o'clock. You wanted this, you're doing the post game show. I got plans after. I man. don't care I, what your plan. Yeah, your plans are doing the post game show. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, all right. Here's Sam. I got it figured out. Here's Sam Pittman on Miles Lusher and Anthony Brown. Uh, interesting comments that he made in regards to their PT this Saturday. Yeah, we've suspended them for at least one week. They've got. AM runs. I've done one this morning, and and uh, they'll both participate in practice on the scout team, and it's not acceptable. And but part of our job is to teach these kids. Hopefully, we'll get that done. You've seen Radio, right? The movie? Yes. Yes. You remember? And I can't think of the the star football player's name that was getting offered by Clemson. If you haven't seen the movie. Lock Radio in the shed. They're throwing the football at him, and then coach just runs them to the ground now different situation of course but i just you think about those gassers that you had to run back in high school when you did something wrong mm -hmm. i can only imagine what a college conditioning screw up is like when you <laughs> butcher something like these guys did my dad had a funny story he played at washington and they had a they had a little situation and coach buddy bob benson found out about it and they were called in for saturday conditioning it it basically daylight and uh he said next to the to the field there at washita the, the the stadium a carnival or a circus was setting up that day he said they weren't even started they hadn't even pulled in when we started he said by the time we got done late that afternoon they had pretty well set up all the tents and everything 
He said they used a 10-pound weight for a baton and ran 400-meter relays. He said the finishing act was a was 100-yard bear crawls, and the winner got to quit. He said it was getting dark, and they had started at daylight. Yeah, those ah. kind of help sessions um, aren't no fun. He said one time, at one point, Coach Benson had fallen asleep in the press box as he was yelling at him on the, on the microphone. You know how, like, there's, geez, that, that it was probably drinking. They're going I, back to early 70s. If I had to guess. We had well, a, at Washita, that was kind of frowned upon. Yeah, well, yeah. it was at Little Rock Christian, too, and I remember our head soccer yeah. coach, Barry McCaskill, said, now, guys, if we catch you drinking at prom, you're going to regret it on Monday. Of course, our team didn't listen. A bunch of guys got drunk at prom, and we had, I have, my, my knees and legs have never been more sore in my entire yeah. life, ever. Usually the throwing up. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> Find a trash can. It was bad. That is going to do it for your hog update. It is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. It's time for me to shave this beard. No, I'd keep it. It may be a little cool for that post-game show <laughs> after the old Miss game. Do I really have to do the post? Yes, my best friend's beg. coming to town you, that week. Well, he can watch you do the post game show. You beg for the night game. You beg for it. Greg Sankey listened. You know you'll need it to stay warm that night. We'll probably have you on location somewhere. We'll have you on Dixon. We'll have you across from Dixon so you can see what's going on. But you know you can participate when it's over and all the gears return to the radio station. You're the one that wanted this. Yeah, because it's I a big deal to you. Derek and Zach created the post game. Well, that I, I knew. Who told you that? They volunteered, man. No, they haven't. <laughs> well, that sucks. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Do you think Arkansas... We'll make a bowl game. Tommy, you can answer this first, and we have some textures or callers. They can hit on it next. Well, if you believe that they won't, that means you believe there's going to be a three-game losing streak with a two-game winning streak, if you want to call it that, followed by a four-game skid to end the year. Mm, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Arkansas is going to lose four in a row. So, yes, I believe they'll win one of these last three at a minimum to get bowl eligible. So, which one? Well, I mean, you, Missouri's the the easiest one to circle. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I would start with Missouri. If you said, hey, what's what's the game they're going to win? I'd say they'll win Missouri. Nick from Greenwood says that they'll make a bowl game by the skin of our teeth. Again, I never would have thought that this would have actually been a question that I would have presented to our audience. But here we are at five and four. I know college football stuff always doesn't go according to plan in any given season. But this is still weird that this is actually a reasonable question that needs to be asked missouri's playing better are you surprised like i am that drink got a extension a two-year extension yeah i i don't know i mean what was the motivation for that yeah he had a had a win or two and he's he's shown some promise but two-year extension i think i think they just wanted to quiet the rumors that he was going to be dismissed at the end of the year i think that makes sense 
I tend to agree with you that Arkansas would make a bowl game. Even if they were to lose the next two, I think they could get that win in Columbia. I don't know why I feel that Arkansas is going to play LSU really tough this weekend. And again, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to win this football game. I just think it's going to be a dogfight for LSU. But you have two quality teams. I want to see what Bama does against Ole Miss and Oxford this weekend. That's a game Ole Miss just had their bye last week. How that affects that football team getting that extra time. Alabama coming off an emotional loss to LSU. I think they're 11 and a half point favorites on the Bet Saracen app. But yeah, I, I think they're going to end up making a bowl game. I just, it, it stinks that we're having to even ask this question, right? Because yeah. there, there was such, so much higher expectations from the fan base. And I don't think they were too out of bounds. Most of the, the responses I heard, I don't know about you, was probably about eight wins regular season. That's the consistent response. Now, some would say nine. You psychos out there said ten. But most of what I heard was eight wins. And you now they might not There's even get six. There's a few people had seven. Now uh, they might not get six. Yeah. I, I mean, eight seems unlikely. I mean, highly, highly unlikely. Yeah. So... Uh, seven would we'd all who wouldn't settle for seven right now? Uh, anybody? I mean, we'd all take seven and go to the house right now. Pick them up, put the flag stick back in the cup. We'll take seven and go to the next hole. What bowl so, game if they? What bowl game do you think they're going to this year? If you just think they're going to get one win, they're going to well Vegas, Houston, Memphis. Vegas, Vegas to me is interesting. And here's the thing: I don't think A and M is making a bowl. Let me get this list back out over here. I mean, the bottom of the barrel is that, what is it, uh, the Birmingham Bowl or the one in Birmingham? No, it's the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Yuck. <laughs> and then there's this Gasparilla Bowl that's on December 23rd in Tampa. Probably the lowly Eastern teams going there. So I here's the thing about the Vegas Bowl. What's so funny? I just, the the... The description of that bowl that you just oh. said, the Tampa one, that's what I'm laughing at. Oh, the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla yeah. Bowl? That's a mouthful. Yeah. I don't want to go there because I don't have to say that for three weeks, and I won't. We'll just call it the Gasparilla Bowl. Um, those are the ones after the pool of six. Those those six bowls in the middle where Arkansas is hopefully going to end up would be the Texas Bowl. You could certainly see that. Arkansas went there once with a similar record of what we're discussing down in Houston. You really kind of like A&M maybe to get to that bowl. I like the idea of the Vegas Bowl, not because I want to go, you know, on the strip and hang out in Vegas for a few days. That game's on December 17th. It's ahead of, it's really right as the portal opens. It's at, and you wonder how many players are going to opt out of whatever bowl you go to since it's not going to be the Sugar. It's not going to be a New Year's Day six. It's not going to be in Florida. Drew Sanders, you know, will not play the bowl game. I say that right now. It's a first rounder. He shouldn't. Is there anyone else? I mean, you'll have players that just opt out because they're going to hit the portal. And portal opens, what, the 15th? I think that's right. But here's the thing. That game's on the 17th. I think that's interesting from the standpoint of you really never break camp at that point. Maybe have a week off, then you get right back to it. You'll get your bowl game done and all of that out of the way before the holidays, before the early signing period, and really can focus on recruiting when everybody else, you know, so – I think there's some interesting timing things with that Vegas Bowl. Whoever ends up going there, that's an every other year bowl uh, where you play a Pac-12 team. The SEC is only in that thing every other year. I was also so I could see Texas Bowl because we've seen that with 
What was the record? They went down there is seven. I think it was seven and five. They or they ended up they seven were, and six. They were, yeah, six, six and six. six they correct. ended up seven and six when they beat Texas. So that would be in. And then I think beyond that, you're probably who Gasparilla or Birmingham. But I don't think it'd be Gasparilla. They're not going to send you to Tampa with a six and six or seven and five record. I say Vegas or or Houston would be your likely bowls. Not Memphis. Point. No, I could see that. I could absolutely see Memphis, but you do, I mean, we think well, Arkansas will fill the stadium up. I think that's mostly true, but you've got other you know, Mississippi State they play there a lot. They got a huge fan base. Yep. Ole Miss isn't going to be there. Um Kentucky's probably going to be hiring that. I absolutely could see Memphis. So what's the high the high point, Tommy? <laughs> Is on there this? one? If you win the next 3, if you somehow sway, oh. pull off a miraculous miracle, is the high is the is it Nashville? Is well, it, but see, all those games in theory are are viewed the same. You know, the, the Texas Bowl, the Music City Bowl, as we know, the Nashville—they call it something else—but the, the the game in Nashville, the Las Vegas Bowl, the Gator Bowl, the Liberty Bowl, and the one in Tampa, the ReliaQuest Bowl—that's formerly the Outback. I guess the Outback would be considered maybe the better of those because it's January second. It's against a Big Ten or ACC school. Um, so that'd probably be the best of that group, but you know they kind of regionally break those out. But I think the Florida games are clearly the better assignments, and you got one in Jacksonville, one in Tampa. Those are the, the that would be. If you want to know what the high water mark is, that would be it. What the Gator or uh, what we've always known as the Outback Bowl. That'd be the best you can do at this. It's point. It's weird because we've called these bowls their sponsor for so long, and yeah. then we have to like re- reformulate what they the actually are Quest into Bowl. our vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's easier than the uh, Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Don't want to be saying that for three weeks. Or the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Don't want to be saying that either. No. Would you rather have it early, like in Vegas? Or would you rather play closer to New Year's Day? I know you wouldn't hate the... Well, do you want the personal selfish vantage point? Mm -hmm. Or do you want the Arkansas vantage point? Well, I mean, it's always about you anyway. I mean, you're probably not going anyway, so what, what do you want? You're probably staying here and running the board, so it depends on where it's at. That's a depends bummer. on what I want to do. That's a bummer. Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking about, I mean, where do I want to spend New Year's Eve? I and mean, there's a couple destinations on here that wouldn't be awful. I'm not sure we're going to get a, a game where New Year's Eve's in play. You just stay there the rest of the weekend. Oh, no. We got work to do. <laughs> You'll be back here working. You got, you got uh, things to do here. That's not fun. I don't know. Return flight the night of the game. Oh, that sounds awful. Red eye. I don't think Vegas is a is a bad outlook. I think there's some some pros to that with. Vegas, like yeah. you said. I think there's just recruiting pros there. I think transfer portal stuff, all all of those things. You know, I, you never break camp. That's good and bad, but Vegas wouldn't be a bad deal. I I've been to Vegas twice this year. I don't know that I. You may get that assignment by yourself. Guess I'll fall on that sword. I've never been. We'll send Ruskin and Zach. You've never been to Vegas? Mm-mm. I don't know. Three I'll times. I was story. there in April for business. I was there uh, in the summer for vi- for family vacation. I don't know that. I got no weddings this year around the Arkansas Bowl game, so I will I will happily fly or drive whatever I got to do to head out there. Yeah, you can drive to Vegas. That seems like a little far. Why don't <laughs> we just eat that eat that X and A mm-hmm. fly? All right, so we X and A. Oh no, sir. 
We asked the uh, the question earlier. Again, will Arkansas make a bowl game? That is your Red River Dodge Morning Rush daily question. Red River Dodge and Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. So Tommy's going to give his SEC power rankings coming up in just a bit. Bruce Dan of Pradco Fishing is also going to be joining us as well. We talked a little basketball earlier. Back to Arkansas football for just a sec. So you heard from Coach Pittman, if you listened to his press conference yesterday, again, want to reiterate what he said about K.J. Jefferson and his status. This week than he did last week. So I expect him to be able to throw today, and if that's the case, then I feel like he'll be fine by Saturday. You know, I answered a question the other night about talking to Kendall about KJ. Um, that question was more in reference of what was his health, not necessarily he's not playing well or we're going to take him out. It, uh, it was about is he healthy enough to play, and the answer was yes. And so there was never really a thought of pulling him out because of performance. It was... It was about whether he was healthy or not. Coach talked about what he's kind of dealing with. And he said clavicle. That's the medical term that he used, right? Yeah, up there in your your collarbone area, right below, below by the shoulder blades. It's below that on the backsides where the clavicle is. So, I mean, you got shoulder pads on. Those guys wear the rib protectors, the flak jacket, if you will. But, I mean, when you got 300-pound guys hitting you and landing on you, that things – and KJ's a big guy. I mean – Malik, Malik wouldn't survive that for a year. I don't believe if KJ's going to have an injured clavicle and those kind of injuries, can you imagine what would happen to Malik over the course of a season if he was your starter, twelve games? I'm of the opinion, with his lighter frame, he would not survive a full season physically. He takes some licks. Yeah, KJ ta- hit uh, gives more. some licks. I think Malik would. Take some lits if he yeah. wasn't caught. All right, let's talk to Bruce Stan of Pradco Fishing as he now joins the program. Bruce, are you ready for Tommy's SEC power rankings? I'm ready, man. <laughs> All right, let's get I it. I don't think they're, they're going to go the way he had hoped we were going to talk about we're, this we're, week. We're not, we're not going to be uh, one of one a this week. No, no, man. Uh, so I'm glad I kind of left it the way I did last week, and it remains Georgia number one at the top this week. Okay. All right, Tennessee, I'm leaving Tennessee at two. There's no reason after a win over LSU, and an impressive win over LSU, and a win over Bama to drop Tennessee any further than off the 1A line to two. So Tennessee is solid two this week because I believe they're better than LSU as they proved on the field, and I think they're better than Bama as they proved on the field. So Georgia one, Tennessee two. I've got LSU at three after beating Alabama this week. I don't know how you can put Bama ahead of them. I know the record's the same, but head-to-head, what I just saw, I mean, I don't think you can can really argue that. Bama at four. Anybody think there's a better team right now than Bama outside of the three ahead of them? Ole Miss could prove that yeah. this week, a bit, but we're not there yet. So, Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Bama, one, two, three, four. Where am I right? Where am I wrong? I think you're spot on. Uh, I do think, you know, the eye test, when, when you looked at the game, Saturday, obviously Tennessee didn't play well. You got to take into consideration that crowd was uh, just insane. Uh, they obviously had problems with the snap. Uh, I think they had five illegal procedures in the first half. So uh, credit to Georgia, they're the defending national champs. And but Tennessee did have a big win over LSU. And Tennessee did beat on the road. Mm-hmm. Tennessee did beat Alabama. So I think they earned that number two spot. But 
you know, LSU looked impressive, and uh, it's hard to believe they turned it around that quick. And I think you got to give credit. We've been making fun of Brian Kelly ever since he got to LSU, but man, he he's got a pair. He went for it. That was the right call. Yeah, that fake Southern accent knew exactly what to do with that two point conversion. So. <laughs> All right, so those are the top four. I got Ole Miss at five. They got a chance to put up or shut up this week against Bama. So we're going to find out if Ole Miss is there, but I believe they're the, the fifth best team in the league. Kentucky, this is, where the, this is where the work begins. I think top five are easy. It's easy to lay out in this league. Kentucky at six. Any problem with that? Nope. All right, Mississippi State at seven. Nope. Arkansas at eight. Should Arkansas have fallen further after losing to Liberty? Maybe Florida. That I got, might be the only I got one. Florida at nine right after Arkansas. And, and it should be Mississippi State beat Arkansas. I think Kentucky's better than all three of those. Is Arkansas better than Florida? I think Arkansas had a bad game. It was a clunker and a stinker. But it's a good I, it, game between but, the Gators and the Razorbacks. Yeah, it would be. A very yeah, evenly sure. matched two mediocre teams right there. At least that's how Arkansas has been playing. I mean, I don't say that. They're being, they're be a jerk, four, but that's what, but what, what the record says they are. So I got Arkansas at eight, Florida at nine. No I, issues. I think it's, I think we're starting to figure out what this league is. All right, Missouri at ten, ahead of South Carolina. Okay. South Carolina at eleven. Then it's A and M, Auburn, and Vandy, the bottom three. Anything out of order, Bruce? No, I think you got it spot on, and. and- the other thing I'll say about Missouri, I mean, they're losing a lot, but they're playing really good defense. They're in a lot of close games. And you see effort, which I think, as a fan of a team that's not doing well, you just want to see effort at some point. And uh, I think I think they deserve that ranking just because just they're trying every week. And Eli got a two-year extension. That was a little bit of a surprise. But I, but I think, you know, when you look at their program, you know, who are you going to get to come there? Do you need to reverse course? They're playing hard. I don't, I don't going to say they're playing well, but yeah, that that's probably where they belong. Uh, Georgia probably not going to lose. I don't I don't really see anybody beating them, even LSU in the title game. So I think uh, Georgia's probably going to run the table. And all Tennessee fans are just hoping the balls went out. Yeah. 11-1, and uh, a bunch of other teams lose, and somehow they can still sneak in that top four. I think I think they'll be number four tonight still. I, I don't think they'll drop out of the top four. I think they will, will be number four tonight. I think George has got to... It was an ugly loss. They, they did not look good yeah. offensively at all. I think George has got a sneaky, tough game this weekend in, in Starkville. I would not be surprised at all if Mississippi State won that game. Well, I, I think would. that is going to be a. I don't believe. I don't believe that. that the, Mississippi, if you've watched Mississippi State this season, they play night and day different in Davis Wade relative to when they go on the road. And I know some teams look off when they they look like a different football team when they play outside of their home stadium. And Georgia just had their most emotional win of the season. They just, no offense, Bruce, they just whooped Tennessee. I think there's going to be a little, and I don't. I think there's going to be a little bit of a letdown this weekend. Will that lead to a win? I mean, Rodgers is a great quarterback, man. And I know Georgia just shut down Hinton Hooker, but I think it's going to be a tougher tougher sledding than a lot of people expect this weekend yeah. in Starkville. I've been listening to you all week. You're, you're emotional. You're young. <laughs> I know you're, you're dead. Very emotional. Right 
Hey, I was there uh, when uh, Jack Crow left the Citadel, me and about 35,000 other uh, Razorbacks. And, uh, you know, it, it'll get better. This is nowhere near that, nowhere near any recent terrible losses. I mean, Liberty's a good football team. Y'all bounce back. But, but Georgia, they're going to run through Mississippi State. Mississippi State can't stop them. And uh, I just... I mean, Mississippi State's going to get blown so out. I, I, think, I think the better chance for Georgia to have a problem would be with Kentucky. Yeah, uh, I agree you know, with that. That, that game's the following week, and that's in Lexington. I, I think if there's if there's a banana pill to be slipped on at all for Georgia, it will be the Eight Kentucky game. Bruce, to your point, I think two things can be true. I don't think the Liberty game was as severe as a Western Kentucky, North Texas, even Colorado State to some extent. But I also think Arkansas fans have a right to believe that they shouldn't lose at home to Liberty. That's kind of where I draw the line and fall into in that line of thinking when it comes to this past loss. And I think those can both be true. That was not the worst. I had people tell me because they were just drunk and ticked off that it was the worst loss in program history. No, it wasn't. Like, come on. But at the same time, the expectation as an Arkansas football team, Frank Burles was rolling over in his grave watching that game. And the expectation, you shouldn't lose that game. Two things can be true well, in that. The, the only thing I'll say to that is foot, college football is still a game of emotions. You wonder why Alabama barely beat Texas A&M and Tuscaloosa struggles with them. Emotionally, when you're in an SEC schedule in the middle of conference, you cannot get up every game. Liberty built that as the biggest game in program history, coming off of just demolition of Brigham Young, beat them as bad as the Razorbacks did. So, you know, when you, when you look at how they approached that game, it meant more to steal the SEC moniker. It meant more to Liberty. It did Arkansas. Yeah. It showed on the field. And on that point, Bruce, I don't think this has been mentioned by anyone in television or radio or in print, but you look at Arkansas' schedule, and I, I think this was scheduled a couple years back, and this is an athletic department mishap. You can't have that game scheduled in November. You just can't do it. No. you got to have a cupcake. No. And Coach Pittman will never say we needed a cupcake, but Florida Atlantic is your November team that you play non-conference next season. They're four and five this year. Liberty's not in the same stratosphere. And let me, you as an athletic administration have to help out your head coach. They're doing it next year. You got three cupcakes in BYU at home. That's what you need. Well, if you're playing an eight-game totally SEC schedule, you have to have a sister of the poor team that you can just beat their brakes off. And you didn't have that this year at all. No. There's certain programs, Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina, used to be Southern Mississippi, Air Force, anybody that runs a triple option. First of all, don't schedule them all. Second, second if you're stupid enough to schedule them, don't schedule them in October or November. Yeah. So, yeah. It was the wrong time to have Liberty on the schedule. I'm not saying you should have played Liberty, and this is a one-off. You don't have to return it. But it was the, pl the placement in the schedule was probably a bigger a bigger issue with it. 
At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned. Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Tell you what else you can trust. That's the words of Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hawk Sports, who now joins us. On the program, Tom. Good morning. Appreciate you jumping in as always, man. I want to start with the the recent development of the suspensions of Miles Slusher and Anthony Brown. Kind of your thoughts on on Coach Pittman announcing that yesterday? Well, I mean, I think it's probably the right thing to do, um, even though it's you know kind of outwardly not not a you know a, an egregious well. I think that the lesson is you don't put your hands on the policeman, and it just seemed like they were being kind of obstinate, or Anthony Brown was being obstinate staying in the road. So, you know, uh, you got to learn, and, and as Sam Pittman said yesterday, part of their job is teaching. And so uh, if they ask you to get out of the roadway, and there's a group of people, and you just get on out of the roadway. You could have avoided the whole thing. So uh, hopefully lesson learned. Tom, that was one of the big things that came out yesterday. Also, I know Coach got asked several times about the health of K.J. Jefferson. What do you think is going on with him in regards to what he's dealing with as an injury-wise? Yeah, there was a lot of uh, psychological components, I think, to yesterday's talk. I think some of the reporters are trying to get inside the, what the locker room is like. You know, where's the confidence level? Why wasn't there an emotion? And it led to Sam Pittman talking about how when your leaders are injured, your most outspoken guys, that maybe, you know, they understand they're not playing to their full capability and maybe they've missed some tackles if you're bumper pool or maybe you've missed some reads if you're K.J. Jefferson or haven't done something physically that your teammates have seen you do before, then maybe they're uh, more reluctant to speak up in the locker room because they know that their teammates have seen these plays they once made. And so Sam Pittman was talking like we, we have to encourage our leaders that to go ahead and speak up and go ahead, you know, call somebody out for a missed assignment or whatever because you're the leaders 
And even if you're injured, your, your teammates understand what you've done in the past. And so there's a little bit of a psychological component to everything that's going on. I mean, he says it's a bruised clavicle. So when you put your shoulder in motion and your clavicle is bruised, it's painful. Um, uh, I, I, here's the thing about KJ. We all know he's a fighter. We all know he's, you know, every play, there's some big decision, you know, on the read, uh, on the option, you know, do I give, do I, do I keep, and do I pass? And, you know, Liberty made things tough. They, 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 were, they were sending a guy high at, at KJ. So that, that discouraged him keeping the ball. And if the few times he did, um, they got him in the backfield some of those times. They were also doing twists on the inside of that that made some of the reads to give to, to Rocket or other back, um, you know, they, they were stuffed at the line too. So Liberty really, really schemed them up, and they were fired up for this game. I mean, it's no different than what we thought going in, that Hugh Freeze was going to put a lot of marbles, and they did. And so KJ, you know, Sam Pittman said that he felt better on Sunday, and he expects him to have a better practice week. And so I think we saw the result of a light practice week in some of his, um, you know, the physical act of the throws. The fourth and five comes to mind when they had a nice little scheme. Petron was coming across the middle at first down distance, and if he puts the ball on him, they convert. Um, and, and they didn't uh, because he threw behind him. And there was a few others like that. But KJ did come on in the game, and he was more on target. And his receivers helped him big time. Jaden Hazelwood's fourth down catch was huge. Matt Landers fighting for the extra yardage when he got spun around. He was short of the chain, spun around, got the first down. So his receivers, you know, showed up for him. And I've given you a long, long answer to say that I think a healthier K.J. Jefferson um, will give them a chance against LSU. Uh, But, y'all, when you boil it down, there's two plays on this season. K.J. trying to jump from the three against A&M that turned that game. And then, you know, Trey Knox had a ball in his hands, in the end zone, and instead of it being a touchdown in a 14-7 game, it bounces over and their DB picks it, and, they, and then Liberty pulls off their longest, most effective drive of the, of the game, 80 yards, and goes ahead 21 nothing. Those two plays are huge. Arkansas should be 7-2, and two, but they should have to, you know, they have to fight through psychologically everything that's happened to them and put a good product on the field Saturday. All right, so... You've gotten these questions, I'm sure. We've gotten a ton of them. If KJ wasn't 100%, why didn't Malik play? What I've got a take. I want to hear yours first. Well, my take during the game was, wow, KJ appears to be off. You know, they, they first three, four drives, they had some negative yardage rush plays. Um, his accuracy was a little off, and I thought, well, maybe you give Malik a series, okay? But they have to, the coaches have to look at it as, what, what will this mean to KJ? Have we lost confidence in, in him? And so if they had done that, you've got to tell KJ, look, <clears throat> you know, we know your clavicle's hurting. We know it hurts you to throw. We're just going to throw curveball here, see, what, see if Malik can get to the edge, see if there can be a spark. Now, if it's very successful, you know, what do you do? Well, you say, KJ, when you're, when you're healed up and ready, you're our guy. You know, that never changes. Um, but I think what they were hearing from KJ was, I, I feel okay. And Kendall Biles is saying, you know, he's our guy. And so it's a tough, tough call. Um, you have to know the inner workings of your locker room, what it means to the players, what it means to KJ, what it means to Malik, if you had given him a series. Um, from the outside looking in, 
I thought give them a series in the second quarter when they were struggling. Yeah. If it's successful, stick with them for a while. Um, if it's not successful, go back to KJ. But um, I don't know. What's your take, Tommy? Well, Hazelwood said after the game that Malik took all the snaps in practice last week, right? So we know what practice looked like last week. My take is Kendall Bryle saw all of those snaps. He watched all of that film. He saw Malik Hornsby all week long during practice and still didn't have the confidence to put him in the game. So even when things weren't going right, things were out of sync, Arkansas wasn't prepared, and I think one of the reasons they weren't prepared is they could not simulate the speed of the Liberty defense during practice with their scout team. Even with all of that, you add it up, and the conclusion was, yeah, K.J. may be 75 or 80%, but we believe more in him based on what we saw in practice than what we would get out of Malik. And that, that's what I think. They had every reason in the world to put Malik in, and based on what their own eyes told them through a week's practice, they didn't do it. Well, I mean, that's a legit take. And what Liberty was doing would have made uh, Hornsby's reads, you know, he's not as seasoned at the reads that KJ is. And some of the stuff they were doing uh, made KJ have, you know, his eyes were telling him this, and he made the decision, and it, it didn't work. So it would have been just as tough a read for Malik Hornsby. So, um, hey, Liberty just put a good scheme on him. It was a confluence of events. Your, your number one quarterback's not 100%. Uh, you give up some pass plays in the first half. And who's to say if Arkansas had made it a tough game, would Liberty have not gone back to the air and still had success? We don't know that. But they did come after uh, Jonathan Bennett more in the second half. But, um, you know, Malik Hornsby definitely needs some more seasoning. We saw, like, the upside of him against Mississippi State. He got to the edge. They couldn't tackle him. He made some pass plays, but also when they had to pass, you know, they set back a few times and, and they picked him a couple times. And honestly, Emmanuel Forbes' interception was one of the most athletic you'll see all year. He had a guy, and if he puts another, you know, couple of feet on the ball or even six or eight inches, uh, that's a touchdown for Arkansas. So, um, I don't know. I think if you're, if you're Arkansas and you're looking at post-KJ, that a, a little bit more seasoning for Malik Hornsby, and you have a competitive quarterback. But I think on Saturday, you're right. They made the decision that, based on what we know, KJ at this percent capacity, 75, 80, whatever it might have been, we, we, you know, he, he's our guy. And and I think that they trusted psych- him more. Psychologically, they trusted him more, Tom. They did, and psychologically, it's like, what does this mean to the team? What does it mean to KJ? We think he's going to get it together, and he did. It just happened to be a little too late. And look, if he scores the two-point conversion and they go into overtime, they win the game, we still have this conversation, right? But it's just they have a, they have a win, um, and, and so it's more magnified when you don't have the win. Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports with us every Tuesday and Thursday on the Morning Rush. So, Tom, if they had issues against Liberty, how are they going to handle – Ojalari, Perkins, and the rest of this LSU pass rush this weekend? Yeah, that's a great question. And so it does mean you have to be a lot more efficient. And that means KJ has to have more work in practice this week to understand what his reads are, what those schemes are. You have to have good film study. Um, and now LSU's you know base defense or their base scheme is not the twisting and all that that uh, Liberty did, according to Sam Pittman, but they do have it. They've done it this year, and you can look back to last year and say, "Wow, man, we, you know, we played man behind a bunch of pressure and blitzing, and really put Arkansas behind the eight ball." And if not for KJ doing some 
heroic things, getting out of tackles, you know, maybe they win that game. So I, I think LSU is going to be very confident that they can slow or stem Arkansas's run game and, and see if Arkansas can beat them through the pass. So uh, that's why it was a little surprising to me to see what the line was to open two and a half points. Um, but th- those guys always know something. So we'll see. What kind of dynamic – is it for Greg Brooks and Joe Fouché going against their former team and Dwight McLaughlin and Landon Jackson going against their former team this weekend? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a I think it's a huge deal. Uh, uh, Brooks and, and Fouché obviously being a little bit more veteran than the two you know McLaughlin and Jackson that Arkansas has, but I think for for Fouché and Jackson, um, as Sam Pittman pointed out, they played their hearts out for Arkansas. Uh, they're going to want to show the fans, you know, hey, you know, we're, we're good players and we're getting it done down here at LSU. Both of them have made huge plays this year. I think Brooks taking a ball away, much like uh, Quincy McAdoo last week, just took it away from an Auburn receiver, was a huge play in that game. Because if they don't have it, Auburn could go down and win the game or at least take the lead late in the game. And so uh, Brooks has made plays. Fouché has certainly made plays since he came back from missing the first four, I believe. And um, I, I don't doubt that they're going to be big components in this game on Saturday. And then, of course, McLaughlin, he's had a good year. I mean, he gave up his first touchdown of the season last week. Um, his, he got his back to the play a little bit, a little bit of a broken play, extra time. And, you know, if he maybe sticks a hand out, they can, he can break that one up. But anyway, um, I think he'll, he'll be wanting to show for his teammates. He's still got it and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, Landon Jackson, He's been a good component, man. They've been a little bit of a um, – since the sack binge to start the season, they haven't had as many. But I, I think Landon Jackson blocking the field goal at Auburn was big. And, you know, I think he's going to grow into a pretty doggone good defensive end here. Well, after a disappointing football weekend, thank the Lord the basketball team won last night. 76-58 <laughs> to 58 over North Dakota State, playing without Nick Smith – Tom, what's wrong with his knee? When will he be back? And what were your takeaways from the season opener? Yeah, I'm not sure what's what's wrong with Nick's knee. I mean, it's maintenance stuff or whatever, you know, precautionary. So hopefully here in a week or two or whenever it might be, uh, he can get back on the court. You know, there there's a lot of value in what he, he brings, and you want to make sure he's right. i got to say, shout out to Ricky Council. That reverse stuff last night was – it looked easy, it, and but it's going to be one of the best dunks of the year because – he had a defender on him, and, and he did it, like, in full speed. It was very fluid and smooth, but, man, that was a beautiful reverse dunk. Special. Tom, we'll leave it there. Appreciate you joining us all the way. We'll get more into the LSU Tigers on Thursday. All right. Sounds good, y'all. See you. Yeah, Tom Murphy with us every Tuesday and Thursday here on The Morning Rush, brought to you by the Kevin Hickey Law Partners. Hey, if you've got issues going on, it could be a family law issue. It could be a business contract issue. Maybe you and a partner – or at odds on something, or maybe you're remodeling a home or building a home and the contractor and you can't see eye to eye, or maybe you're the contractor having problems with the homeowner. You need experienced help. You need someone that can represent you aggressively, and that's Kevin Hickey and Brad Hall. 479-434-2414 for the River Valley office in Fort Smith. In northwest Arkansas, it's 802-6560. Coming soon to Little Rock as well. Find all the information on Kevin and Brad online at kevinhickeylaw.com. That's KevinHickeyLaw.com. We'll come back to basketball in just a bit, but do want to take Sterling and Center Ridge's call. He's got some more football comments this morning. Go ahead, Sterling. Uh, guys, I just want to 
finish up and put, finish and touching on my comments yesterday about the football team and, and a brief comment about the college football. And uh, the thing about the football team was so disappointing is that they, they, they just looked like they were dead. And uh, and Pittman said he could see it in pregame warm-ups. And, and I hate to – I can't believe that they – Practice hard, practice great all week, and then, and then in pregame warm ups they they're not into it, and I just don't know why. That was a ranked team with a chance to get a feather in your cap, and I don't, I just don't understand it. And and I put that loss totally on the players, but at the same time, uh, that's that's your one for for I can before I start worrying about the coaching abilities uh, of, of the staff. That's they one. I've got to give this one to the players, but if it happens again. Uh, whether it be next year or two years from now, if it happens again, I got I got to put that on the coaching staff because these players will be gone. So it, then it'll be it'll be on them if this happens in the recent, in the near future. Uh, uh, guys on the college football, these playoff rankings, and I know everybody say they work themselves out, but at the same time, it does set the, you know, if you rank high, you don't drop as far. So if you rank, if you're over ranked, and you just say, oh, it's going to work itself out. Your drop, unless you just totally lay an edge, it's not going to be as far. Then when you was ranked, if you was ranked properly in your proper spot, you you go fall and get to your proper rank. If you you understand where I'm going with it, yeah. With this. The brands get ranked higher when they lose; they don't drop as far. Right, and, I, I, and that's why, and that's why I don't like it. And so, but by no means my TCU fan or TCU apologist, but there's no way they should have been below Alabama. I mean, it, well, who do you it, think? It, let mean, me, Sterling. Who's the better football team? If TCU and Alabama met on a neutral field right now, who's winning that game? I w- I would bet uh, my life savings that the Crimson Tide Nick Saban are winning that football game. Well, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that with Bama this season. I mean, maybe in past years, I can't do that. I mean, Texas, Texas, I almost beat them. I've not seen Texas lose to was it Texas Tech. So I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't say that about Alabama this time. I mean, not. Not this year. I mean, they should have. They could very. You know, I know they lost two plays, two games from last for the game, and and I like Saban, but we also won two play, won two games very late. They lost, but so, I mean, Sterling to, to Bama. They lost to the best offense in college football by three points. Had a chance to win in the in Riker missed a field goal, and then last weekend they lost by one point in the toughest venue in college football at night. I, There's no tougher I, venue than going to Baton Rouge at night. None. I got you. I, I I'm with you 100%. But also, they were at home playing a Texas A&M team that I thought Arkansas should have beat by three touchdowns. And I saw my Arkansas team lose to Liberty. So, I mean, I, I just can't. I, I, you got to go on resume at some point. I mean, at some point, you got to go by what you do on the field and not what we're thinking. Or we can just go back to what we did way before this when we were voting for national champions. But I know you're about to hit a break. I, I thank you for the vine. I thank you for going with the back and forth, Ty. I love it. Uh, please do that with me more often, if you don't mind, if you have time. <laughs> you got it, man. Well, here's, guys, here's the last one hey, for hey, you. Tommy. Three and a half points on this game. Arkansas's getting three and a half. I'm checking the Bet Saracen app right now. Which what, What's your early lean? My early lean, because I haven't said it yet, but on the line, I, I'm going to have an early lean towards Arkansas. All right. Because the line is weird. You know, people bet what they most recently see, and Vegas try to take advantage of that. And I, I'm just wondering, are they trying to trick me to... to to take, to take LSU this week. So right now, I got my lean to Arkansas before I hit the city. 
Hammer the Hogs yeah. this week. You're getting three and a half. Hammer right. the Hogs. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.